Happy Friday, everybody. Pete Jensen, Rob Reese, back with you, NHL Fantasy on Ice. We got our boy Davey Satriano here after working the later shift. Always great to have Davey on. It's been too long. What's up, Dave? This is not an April Fool's joke, guys. I'm here, (laughs) ready to go. It is certainly Good Friday with Davey on the line. And Davey, yep. I have to say, it's been way too long. I mean, me, Rob, and Pete are carrying this ship. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are in the press release of this NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. I mean, it's been a long time. You've been very busy working really hard, but we need you on regularly. The listeners are, are calling for it. They need you, Davey. Davey's back. Don't worry. Now we'll make it more regular now. I'm ready to go. We got baseball now. We got hockey. Davey's ready to go. Let's go. Well, we have you on, Davey. Let's get to goalies right off the bat. The most added player in Yahoo this morning is Aiden Hill of the Arizona Coyotes after having a 39.56. Again, that's a 39.56 goals against average against the Colorado Avalanche the other night. Now they've got four games, though, Davey. Good opponents, Anaheim twice and L.A. twice. Are you buying in on Aiden Hill for a streamer? I don't even know why I have to say anything. I mean, you literally just said everything right there. I picked up Aiden Hill as soon as both goalies got injured. I said, this guy's going to start. I don't even know who their backup is. He'd never played an NHL game. So what happens in his first game? What does he allow? Five goals in five minutes, 10 minutes to the avalanche. So did not look good, but we know the Coyotes have their issues with the avalanche going back before the playoffs last year. You mentioned the opponents. I think they play either the Ducks and the Kings or something like that. He's got four solid opponents. So if you need help, yes, I would pick him up. I mean, he had been pretty good before that one outing. Yeah, and there's other goalie options out there too. I think the best one if you're in a shallow league is Peter Morazic. He's in an AHL conditioning stint. Looked good in that game. Faced like 45 shots, got the juices flowing again, made 43 saves in the win in the AHL. And that is one of the strongest, one of the top five teams in the league in Carolina. So maybe it lessens the value at least a little bit for uh, what rookie of the month, Alex Nedeljkovic, but uh, maybe James Reimer on the trade block. What do you make of this uh, Carolina goaltending situation? Obviously we have ranked Mrazek first among those three guys among the top 10 overall uh, goalie options for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, it's very tricky. They have three goalies who have all performed pretty well from my, my view is that Mrazek's not going to get traded. He's probably going to stay number one, because how many teams are going to, Within the next, what, we have, what, 10 days pretty much till the deadline? How many teams are going to trade for a goalie that was performing very well, but he may only get, what, one or two games possibly before the deadline? So I don't think Morazic goes. I think Nedeljevic and Morazic will stay. And James Reimer, I think, is the odd guy out. Yes, some teams like having three goalies. It's it's a great option. They may do it. But to me, James Reimer would be the guy in their team who would go. And if he if he lands in the right spot, he could be worth a pickup for someone who needs some, you know, goalie depth. Well, let's just say, you know, we can run with both scenarios there, Davey, both outcomes. If they do keep Ned and Mrazic, which I expect that'll be their duo the rest of the season, I think both those guys retain some value. Number one for Mrazic, he was tremendous, you know, prior to getting injured. And then number two for Ned, you know, if he can even split time, Pete, I think that's a perfect, you know, fantasy playoff option considering the quality of starts that he's going to get for that hot team in Carolina. And then Reimer, I think either way, whether he stays or goes, is the guy I'd be willing to drop here. I mean, they won last night, but he had an 8-8-0 save percentage. I'm just not 
a big fan of that. You might as well pick up Martin Jones if you're looking for an eight, seven, five with a W. So, you know, I'm, I think Reimer, regardless if he stays or goes, I'm not seeing a whole lot there. I mean, the landing spots too, Pete, that have been rumored for the goaltender market right now, you know, outside of Colorado, I'm just not loving many of those outcomes. I actually saw a tweet this morning. I think it was from a fan somewhere saying, uh, I would love to see Reimer back in Toronto. Boy, would that be something uh, if Freddie Anderson isn't healthy soon. I mean, that's just pure speculation. But yeah, there are not a lot of great uh, landing spots, no doubt about it, for a goalie right now. You mentioned Martin Jones. He's like 5-1-1 one, one with a 935 save percentage in his past seven games. And the Sharks are only four points out, Davey. I know like we uh, are watching some of those late games sometimes and texting. Have you seen anything from Martin Jones? Because he joined the top 200 last week. Uh, had one bad outing, but then made up for it uh, with a couple of wins. And now all of a sudden the Sharks are looking like a semi-competitive team, we can say. Well, I think you made a great point on your previous segments where – Jones is playing well. And if you look at their schedule, I think the next six games are against the Ducks and the Kings. So he's going to have some, he's probably going to start for at least four of those games because his numbers, he's been better than Devin Dubnik, Dubnik has been. Um, Jones, to me, he's not a guy that I want to say, you know what, he's going to help me reach the playoffs. I can use him. But for these next two weeks, if you have an injury or you just want to stream someone, he's a great option because of how he's playing and, and because of the schedule. And Rob, that's a great idea by you. I don't know why I just don't call him Ned from now on. That will be very helpful. So good job by you. Thank you. Much easier. easier. Learn that mistake a long time ago. Just take the easy way out. We're going Ned. Um, I, I'd say for Martin Jones, Pete, I, I'm kind of in the camp with Davey. I just, this is the time of year you have to play the schedule in fantasy. And the only time for the remainder of the season where you can't start Martin Jones is the week of April 19th, which could be your playoff, you know, your championship, uh, we in the, in fantasy there, but they played Vegas three times that week. That's the only one that I see on the schedule. I wouldn't roll out Jones for. So if you can at least get him now, you know, as your playoffs are starting soon, I would go for it, get through the first round or two and then make another move. And I know we were talking about how the Blues have a difficult schedule when we were talking with James. They play a lot of Vegas, a lot of Colorado. They don't play the Sharks anymore, and the Sharks have a loaded schedule against teams like Minnesota, L.A., Anaheim. I think it's seven. The next seven games are against Anaheim and L.A. And yeah, I mean, unless the Sharks are playing Colorado or Vegas, which they've only won one game against those two, they've been really uh, holding their own against some of these other opponents. So um, again, the team refuses to go into rebuild. We make that clear pretty often, sometimes for the worse, but now maybe for the better because the Blues are, uh, you know, they can't win a game right now. And the Sharks are only four points behind with the same number of games played. So take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I'd slow down on the Sharks. Davey, uh, not really fantasy related, but I want to get your perspective. What it is sort of fantasy related, because if you could target this guy and you, and you feel like he's going to land in this place. Where do you think Colorado is going to go for a goalie? We know Colorado is going to have to get a goalie. Joe Sackick is not going to stand pat without going and get a goalie. He cannot go into the playoffs with this team with just Grubauer. He just can't do it. He's going to have to go get a goalie. What goalie do you think fits best in Colorado that Joe Sackick will go out and get? Uh, I was actually thinking about this for a while since before they traded for Johansson, who I don't know if he made another start after that first one, but you're right. If 
Pavel Francou Francois isn't going to be ready. They have to go outside. I was looking at a lot of goalies who could be free agents. If if it were me, I think he's going to go after Jonathan Bernier because to me, he's he's going to be a free agent after the season. He's been playing really well before he was injured and just the fact that he plays on Detroit and if you look at his numbers, how good he has been. All the players in all their interviews after almost every win have just said, this guy's been the MVP for us for two years, two years. I mean, he was playing great for them last year, but to me, he's a guy that he's playing really well. And he also, people probably don't remember this. He's a Stanley cup winner. He was Martin Jones's backup when, uh, sorry, Jonathan quicks backup when the Kings won the cup. So to me, this is the same exact situation. He would back up one of Philip Grubauer, one of the best goalies in the NHL, and he may not even have to play, but if he gets hurt, you know, you have a guy who has the experience. He's playing really well. So if I'm Joe Sackick, I would go after call Stevie Eisenman, his good old, good old buddy and say, Hey, how can we get this done? Yeah, it's true. I mean, Bernier eight, six and oh, nine, 18 save percentage. I mean, that's incredible. And I mean, I wish that they would be able to go out and even get maybe consider getting Linus Allmark because he's got like, you know, what a 920 save percentage on the worst team by far and away in the NHL in the Sabres. And of course, the Sabres ended that losing streak and then had a competitive game against the Rangers the day after. So we give them some props for that. They've come out of the doldrums, at least for a couple of days. But Allmark is a 2021 UFA. So Buffalo should keep him, right, Robbie? We were saying he's one of the only players worth keeping on that current roster. But if they choose to try to get something in return, I think Allmark, along with Bernier, has to be one of the best options available from the bottom feeders. Allmark would be fantastic. I mean, for any contender team, he could step in there and be the starter. I mean, having a 920 in Buffalo is equivalent to having, you know, a 960, 970 probably in a good, uh, with a good franchise. So yeah, I, I like yep. that Pete, you know, but I, if I'm Buffalo, if I'm a Buffalo fan, you got to keep the only bright spot of your season in all Mark, like that would be devastating. I do want to say like the only reason I wouldn't go out right away and pick up Bernier is just because of the fit. I mean, if you went to Toronto, I like it. If you went to Edmonton, I'd like it. St. Louis, I'd like it. Um, Colorado, obviously, Davey would be a smash, a slam dunk in fantasy, but the Flyers are the only team that is making me hesitate to, to click that ad button. If they, if they go out and get Bernier, if they have a, a bidding war with Colorado and they ante up, which you know Philadelphia would be the team to do that, that would ruin your whole fantasy season if you picked up Bernier now. So that would be just if you can wait, do it. I guess if you're in a deeper league, I'd probably play the speculation and pick him up a while. You know, I mean, especially Pete, for me, I have Kakanen and I haven't seen nothing. I haven't got anything from him, you know, the past few weeks. So I'm in, the, I'm in the market right now for a goalie. Right. And it's not too long ago, maybe two weeks ago that Kakanen was by a pretty considerable margin, the most valuable rookie goalie. Now you could say Shesterkin's the most valuable rookie goalie in the league right now for the rest of the season. And Nadelkovich, assuming he still gets some share of the playing time once Mrazek comes back, which I think is a fair assumption. He's number two. Uh, and Kakinen is right in that same ballpark. But, of course, the Wild, uh, nice response by Talbot. He looked amazing. I think Talbot is a little bit uh, more quality uh, at this stage of his career, just being a seasoned veteran as opposed to Kakinen. Some growing pains, hot start, you know, kind of getting uh, lost in the shuffle a little bit here. Another team's goaltending that I'm really, interesting, I'm really interested in is the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals have been giving up a ton of goals lately. I think it's like nine of their past 14 games. They've allowed three plus. Uh, they allowed eight to the Islanders yesterday. 
and their team save percentage is sixth worst in the NHL. Do you guys trust these guys? I don't know if anybody uh, has a tandem of Washington out there, but obviously a little shaky right now in D.C. for for the net minding. Well, the last three games, they've allowed four goals in a period in each of their last three games. So you're right. It's not very good. Yesterday we saw Samsonov got injured, I think, 30, like the first minute of the game. He, uh, then he came back, but neither goalie did fairly well. Him and Samsonov and, and Vitek. How are we going to go with Can I call him Vitey? Does that work? <laughs> Vitech, Vitech, I don't know. Vitech. I don't know, Davey, on that one. Maybe Vitech. V. You could go V. So v, v. Two, you're right. The two of them, I mean, they're both pretty much rookies. The, the, uh, the Capitals do have Craig Anderson in the taxi squad maybe they decide hey we'll give him a shot we need a rookie but i'm not very comfortable with this i'm not very comfortable with this tandem right now to me it's very tough when a team relies on two young goalies that don't have much experience yes it's a short season so they can probably play but this is i think they're going to go out and get a veteran goalie we mentioned there's a lot of them out there and yes, the Capitals can score, but they're not going to score six goals every game, five goals every game. So if if we see a couple more games like this out of their netminders, yes, I'm worried. And I think they're going to go out and acquire someone. And Craig Anderson had a shot earlier in the year, and they saw as soon as they rolled him out that it's just not going to be a viable option, you know, especially if there was an injury again. They're, they can't roll, you know, Vanacek out every single night like they were earlier in the season. Now, I would say there'd be no cause for concern if Samsonov and Vanacek split time the whole year. But since Samsonov missed a lot of time, you know, he hasn't got enough starts to really get his footing to get comfortable. So that's why I'm with Davey. I am concerned. I think you add them to that list and you'll never hear them in the rumors of the Washington team, Brian McClellan moves in silence. So they are probably the front runner for a couple of these guys. We just haven't heard anything. So Reimer, I like that fit, you know, Bernier obviously would be quality Davey. Go ahead. Well, the last thing I'm going to say on the goalies is I think, uh, Washington, maybe they go after a guy like Chris Drieger. He's been playing very well. Florida, has been using Bobrovsky more now. And also, let's not forget, they just signed Spencer Knight. So I know they're in a playoff run, but do we think maybe they let him, now that they signed him, maybe they let him be the backup, get in a couple AHL games, and then they call him up and trade Drieger for something else? I'm not really sure. We know they have a bunch of injuries at forward, so maybe they say, hey, well, Drieger's been playing well. We'll try to ship him out. But uh, to me, Spencer, I was going to ask you guys about, you know, guys like Spencer Knight, Matt Boldy, Caulfield, like when these guys are listed as NA right now because they're not with the roster, they're either on the taxi squad or in the AHL, are we going to, have we been adding any of these guys? Is it too early? What do you guys think? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week with Caulfield. I think we picked him up, me and Robbie in our main league. We have some roster spots to play with. It's an expanded league. We have, you know, the opportunity to add one of these guys and hope something materializes. And even at the worst case, it's a keeper league. So you can keep them going into next year if you really see fit. But yeah, our waiver claim went through uh, this morning, I think for Cole Caulfield and for Spencer Knight. I mean, we were talking about it a couple of months, guys, right? A couple of months ago, Drieger is another one of those 2021 UFAs. He's probably going to get squeezed out uh, come next year. If he even remains with the team uh, at the deadline, his role has diminished a little bit here. So that's a stealth move. If uh, Knight could potentially join them as the backup, if they were to trade G- Dreger, you gauge your own competitive league. If it's super competitive, make that move now and hope it uh, pans out for you sometime in the next month or so. 
That's a great idea, Davey. I never even really thought about that scenario. So it's nice that you shed some light on that because it's certainly viable, especially a team like the Panthers that are so quick to shed any salary, any future salary. And you know, when it, when you got a guy like Spencer Knight in the pipes, I mean, it doesn't hurt either, right? You're almost more inclined to make a move like that. So I do think there's something to it. I guess if I were to say, pick up a goalie today for me, it'd be Casey to Smith of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's the player I am actually thinking about dropping cock in for. I might do that after hearing your guys' opinions on something like that. But Casey to Smith is such a sure hand, you know, he's had experience in a backup role before. And then when Jari or whoever was in front of him goes down, he usually fares pretty well in that span. So he's won a couple in a row. His save percentage is around 930. He's 86th overall on Yahoo. And Pittsburgh has a couple games coming against the Rangers, who, by the way, um, I'm going to be the first to say I took an L on that take that they're going to make the playoffs. They had to bench uh, Lafreniere in the third period to beat the Buffalo Sabres, to win that one in overtime uh, on Thursday night. I just don't like seeing stuff like that. So I think this Penguins team can roll through them uh, next two games. Yeah, I saw the Rangers are only three points behind the Bruins for the final spot. Bruins dropped one to the Penguins and to Smith yesterday. So the Penguins just keep rolling. You can't say a bad thing about them these days. But I know the Bruins still have like, what, three or four games in hand on the Rangers. So that's not that's fool's gold at this point. You, the Bruins are going to have to drop a couple of more games uh, to some middle tier teams or lower tier teams before uh, you start getting back in on the Rangers playoff conversation. But yeah, I'm worried about that. We still haven't seen Kravtsov, right? We we got him in that one league, Robbie. Uh, maybe he's an expendable roster, roster spot, especially after we got Cole Caulfield. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Boston Bruins, a little bit cause, con- for, cause for concern. We talked them up a little bit as a bounce back team in the second half last show. I would still stand by those words, but it's uh, discouraging. And one crazy thing I saw is that I think the the top line trio of the Penguins has outscored the Boston Bruins top line trio in terms of just straight goals, adding the three players together. I'm talking about Gensel, Crosby, and Rust has somehow outscored Pasternak, Marshan, and Bergeron. I know Pasta missed the start of the season, but I mean, that's a little alarming, right, guys? It is alarming, but to me, this is a perfect this is a perfect chance for the Bruins. If you look at where they they are in the standings, the Flyers, Rangers, Devils, and Sabres. They just have to be ahead of those four teams. None of those four teams is doing anything right now. Yes, they're only three points up. It's a position they haven't really been in the last couple of years, right? They've always run away with the division. They've been in the playoff spot. So maybe this is good for them. In the next 20 games, their guys, you know, they know they have to score. They have to play well. So to me, this could be great for them. It's like a wake-up call. Hey, you know, we might not make the playoffs unless everyone steps up. So, yes, they've been struggling, but I think think we're going to see – you know, a lot more out of them in the next two, three weeks. I agree with that. I mean, I still, it's hard for me to get too cold on a team like that, but the other factor I'd throw out there is is that Tuka Rask, you know, being on the sidelines for so long here, it seems like they were relying on him a lot too. Not only were they putting immense pressure on the top line, Tuka was bailing them out probably more than we realized. He made it, he's like Carey Price. He makes the game look so easy when he's in net, even though he's probably making a lot of big time saves. They just look effortless for him. So that's another one where I'm thinking, okay, this is actually hurting them a lot more than it seems. Like Dan Vlader or whatever goes in there, has a 930 save percentage. He's playing well. They've got good team defense. 
but it's not enough when the top line isn't producing. So those are two major concerns. And that's why I, I hope that the Rangers can hang around in this thing, because I'm all for as many playoff races as we can get down the stretch here, gentlemen. But in terms of fantasy, I am a little bit concerned about the Boston Bruins in that if you pick up the depth scoring, which I would right now, I would still do that. I just hope you'll get the playoff value that you need to win a round or two in your fantasy uh, postseason. And the Bruins do, uh, you know, good news for them. They do play the Sabres a number of more times this season. They play the Devils twice. They play the Flyers three times. So they should, they should really get it back on track. But if for some odd reason they don't, their final three games of the season, two against the Rangers who have played them well, and final game of the year is against the Islanders who have swept them to this point. So you don't want to be playing with fire and get to those final three games. If you're the Bruins, you got to take care of business against the Sabres and some of the other middle tier teams, like we said. So, you know, hitting the waiver wire for this weekend, any options jump out to you guys? I know the Dallas Stars showed me a little something beating Nashville, ending the streak. Um, I know Robbie as a Lindell, right? He joined your top, 50 defenseman rankings scored another goal yesterday. You looking at any of these pieces on Dallas uh, and hoping for some more consistency the rest of the way. Well, I like Lindell a lot just because of his hits coverage. So that's a guy that, you know, is not going to lay any eggs for you in your category league. So if you're in a bangers league, that's a must add player right now. I think Dallas Davey, I don't know if you agree with this, but that's one of my teams to watch down the stretch just because their schedule's jam-packed. So every week you're going to get a lot of games played. And that's a position, Pete, that on defense, you need a guy to suit up three or four times a week. And as long as you get some hits, you get some shots. And now he's been producing goals and assists too. You're really going to cash in on that. So Davey, I think that as a Lindell is a sneaky name that I would add in almost all formats, you know, all team settings uh, in your fantasy leagues. I agree with you there. It's funny looking at Dallas's schedule. They're only, you know, they're not that far behind the fourth seed. When you look at their record, I think they have 11 wins and like 22 losses, but like 10 are in overtime. So they've been piling up the points. To me, there's a couple of guys on Colorado that I look at. Valerie Nishushkin is one, but I don't know how Jonas Donskoy is only owned in like 50% of leagues. I've had one, I've had him in one of my leagues since the second week of the season. And I had an injury earlier this week in my other league. So being the smart one that I am, I picked up Aiden Hill and I picked up Jonas Donskoy. So what happens? He gets a four points and a hat trick in 10 minutes and my goalie gets lit up like a Christmas tree. So <laughs> you win some, you lose some, but Donskoy, Donskoy to me, he's he's been playing really well. And in that game, I don't even think McKinnon had a point or maybe it wasn't until, I don't think he had a point at all and they had eight goals. Maybe he had one, but he's a guy, Donskoy is a guy to me that he's played really well. He, he can play up and down the lineup. I think he's, Got both wings eligible. So, we, you know, you can plug him in the lineup there. Uh, but he has, I think, he has like six goals in five game, four games, five games. So, we know the Avalanche are going to score. He's going to score. And like I said, I don't know how he's only available in 50% of leagues or taken in 50% of leagues because the numbers are there. For sure. Don Squay has 15 points in his past 10 games after the four-point game the other day. And uh, if you check out our top 200 rankings, which I would encourage you to do, whether you're picking somebody up off the waiver wire, nhl.com slash fantasy, or if you're trying to swing a trade before your fantasy trade deadline. I mean, the Avalanche, Robbie, right, are littered more than any team on this list. They got four players among the top 25, the top liners in Grubauer. They got three defensemen among the top 15 with McCarr, Gerard, and Devon Taves. 
and then an NHL leading 12 players among the top 200. So whether it's Donskoy, Nachuskin, if they eventually trade for a backup goalie of worth, it will be 13 players for this team in the top 200. So it's pretty much get a piece of Colorado at this point any way you can. Yeah, I mean, it's getting ridiculous. Devon Taves is 65th in Yahoo. Gerard's 95. Graves is hanging around 150. McCarr, you know, missed games, and he's playing around 150 right now. Like, you cannot miss. And I think if, if you get these depth exposure guys, yeah, they're not going to wow you probably with multi-point games, but if they get an assist here and there, they get a couple shots, and their plus minus is always going to be on the north side of that, then you're good. That's all you can really ask for at this time of year because now – the waiver wires are so thin that generally, you know, you need to look at these third lines on quality teams and Colorado is certainly the highest quality in the national hockey league. Definitely. I mean, plus 12 for Donskoy in that fifth, in that 10 game stretch where he's got 15 <laughs> points. Nachuskin, I think is plus 10 on the season or something like that. So definitely uh, agree with that uh, sentiment. I think that uh, you, you kind of err toward the side of safety and quality over quantity. You could take a guy from a bad team like Detroit or Ottawa that maybe plays four games, but even if the Avs only play two games, sometimes you uh, side with the quality there, right, Davey? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I look at the teams. To me, there, there are some – I look at the schedule, but first I look at the teams. You know, a guy could be playing five games, but if it's a Sabre, I mean, what, you know, there's no point in rushing out to get them. So – Dallas and Colorado, I think, probably are two of the good best teams right now. But also, you there's probably a few forwards on the Sharks. Maybe if you say, "Hey, look at the schedule in the next two weeks," you know, maybe they should get some points against them. So, the Sharks could be, you know, you you mentioned they're very streaky. I think in the last seven series, they've like one loss, one loss, one loss. You know, so technically, right now they're due for two losses. But hey, they're playing the Kings, Ducks. You know, I pick up a guy like Kevin LeBanc just because he had four games, and I said, you know what? They're playing these two teams. Maybe I can get something out of him. Yeah, I just want to uh, – sorry, I just want to jump in here real quick and before we move on too far from Dallas and talk about Jason Robertson. He's second in rookie scoring. He's only seven points behind um, Kirill Kaprizov from the Wild, and he's played six less games. He has as many power play points as Kaprizov, and he has just seven less even strength points again – with six less games played here. So if Dallas keeps this thing up, I mean, the 4-1 win, Pete, against Nashville was impressive considering Nashville had won six straight going into it. If he keeps scoring like this, he could, I don't know. I mean, I think the writers are going to favor Kaprizov because of his hot start. But right now, if Dallas gets in the playoffs, I would rather see Robertson, if he keeps scoring like this, win the Calder. Sure, I wouldn't want to play Dallas in the playoffs if I was any of those top three teams. I know Florida's rolling right now, but... And we'll see how high they could finish. I still think they'll be behind Tampa Bay and, and uh, Carolina, but we'll see. They're, they're playing really well right now, even still without Barkov and, and without Ekblad for the foreseeable future, without um, Patrick Hornquist for another week, it seems. So it, it's going to be tough sledding, but they're doing an amazing job so far. But when I look at Dallas, like we've been having so many debates. Every show, one day it's like Nashville or Chicago. One day is it Columbus or or Florida one day is it Nashville or Florida like <laughs> Dallas is the best team once it gets to the playoffs than all of those teams including Florida I would still trust Dallas to spring an upset or something crazy over Florida to win a playoff series so if Dallas can just put together they still haven't won consecutive games since the beginning of the season big step in the right direction though is that Rupe Hintz has played now consecutive games both of them against Nashville still chipping in the points still a point per game on the season. If they can have him in the lineup 
consistently. It would be a huge step in the right direction to finally string consecutive wins and take advantage of the games in hand because they are a better team than all those teams, Nashville, Chicago, Columbus, and Florida, in my book, when they're rolling. Yeah, and if you look at – you mentioned if they if they make the playoffs, the three teams they'd have to play – I mean, I don't think they're scared of any of them. They played Tampa Bay, obviously, in the final last year. But if they get in, you know, they know, hey, we're as good as any of these teams. And they kind of, to me, turn it up a, a bit when they're in the playoffs. They have the last couple of years. They, the regular season, you know, they don't play to their potential. But they've – I think, you know, they were, what, one goal away from the Cup – from the Western Conference final a few years ago and against the Blues – and then two years later, they play really well. The team, whether it be Colorado, Vegas, like the teams they knock out. So they know they can play with any of these teams. I mean, look, the roster is pretty much the same as the cup one from last year. They lost Corey Perry. Um, they lost Jan Mark. And other than that, you know, Ben Bishop, but he was hurt last year too. So if the goaltending can get a little better, because yes, they've been a problem, then I agree with you. They're a team that can sneak in and they can definitely make a run. And there's four teams in that division that have a positive goal differential. It's Tampa, it's Carolina, it's Florida, and then it's Dallas. So those four teams wow. should make the playoffs. They just got to get through this back-to-back weekend series against the Hurricanes. That's the only thing standing in their schedule's way is Saturday and Sunday. Now, Sagan's getting closer. Bishop's getting closer. That's only going to matter if they take at least one of those games. And the other one, please just get it to overtime. Get that little point. <laughs> yes and stay right around the pace of the Predators and the Blackhawks. I mean, in Columbus, I was looking at line A's stats. Insane. The past 16 games, absolutely mind-boggling for a player of his caliber to be minus six, to have one goal. I mean, you've got nothing in fantasy. So, you know, I know how hard it is to drop a player of that talent, but when you look at the schedule for the remainder of the season, you know, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of wow factor coming from Columbus. I mean, especially unless the only, in the only way I see that happening for them is this Merzlikens plays the way we saw him play when he first entered the league, where he was winning every night at like a 970 save percentage. Other than that, I don't think they stand a chance. It's tough for them because they're only three points back, but you're right. If you look at the roster, the makeup, they're going to need their goalie to stand on their head to pretty much make up any ground here. We saw how Merzlikens played last year. He was great, but the offense, I mean, you, like you said, Patrick Lant, you traded for this guy just for the reason that you needed help scoring and on the power play. And when he has numbers like that, and is not producing, it's very, it's going to be very tough for them to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be, I would think, sellers in the next, you know, week or so. And there are so many guys like near the tail end of the top 100 forwards that you would consider adding over line A if you are going to pull the plug. Even another guy that dropped out with line A, like Kevin Fiala has been a little bit better this week. I think we view him with a little bit higher ceiling. Robertson and Hintz, no doubt about it. If either of those guys are available, and you have Patrick Laine, I would cut the cord for either one of them. And another note on Jason Robertson is that he led all rookies in scoring during the month of March. And that's one thing I would encourage anybody to do out there. At any position, you're trying to add someone off the waiver wire. Even Either do last 30 days on the Yahoo search or go to NHL.com stats and you know just look at the, uh, the past month or so leaders in the league and usually you'll see some funny names or some intriguing names that maybe wouldn't have jumped out based on their season totals but that's where you see some good trends and you can capitalize on them because those are like the second half players and how you identify them so Davey Friday night slate you have yet to pull a sledge you have something for us I like the board tonight there's some good ones out there 
Hey, Davey, you have guaranteed the listeners a sledge, which is is a little odd considering everyone is on the board and has made a sledgehammer pick and you have not. So you are coming into this Friday show with a guaranteed sledge. And I hope it's a real sledge and you're ready to go here because the listeners are foaming at the mouth. I'm foaming at the mouth. I'm ready to go here, Davey. What do you got? I have a huge sledge and then I have a mini sledge. I don't know if it'll count for half or maybe the I don't know. Here, here's here's the two. First, first to me, the first slam dunk of the season, the Oilers are going to beat the Flames. They have to. That's going down. Oilers over Flames, sledge number one. Now, I'm looking at the schedule. Way to go out on a limb I, there, Davey. Okay, you know what? Here, here's my <laughs> here's the mini or sledge. The St. Louis Blues are going to beat the Colorado Avalanche tonight. Okay. Whoa. I know the Blues have been struggling. The Avalanche just scored eight. They played the Coyotes. The Blues need a win, and I'm okay. I'm ninety percent sure the Blues are going to win this game. So, I like to me. It. To me, I I I you know look at the look at the prices. To I'm sure it's a favorable favor. They're a favorable underdog. So, I I I the Blues look. They need a win. This is they have to win. They're playing Colorado. You know, this is a, a good test for them. Let's go. Let's get okay. it done. Friday night, that's, Friday night blues, baby. That's a that's that is a favorable price at around plus two hundred for the blues to upset the Colorado Avalanche. Folks, that is not a sledgehammer pick, though. This will not count as a sledgehammer for the record, Davy. You can do it. You can tell me right now it's a sledgehammer, Davy. I'll give you credit for it. Ninety percent sure seems like a sledgehammer. You know what? Do it. The more I think about it. We got to do it. Okay, you say in, ninety. In, he said ninety percent. So exactly. like that for yeah. a plus one ninety, go you go with your gut. I mean, there. you know, we're like rounded that. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, got to get on, on the board. We got to get on the board. Okay, some way. One you're way on the board. You're pulling two. You're pulling two. Pulling two. He's on the board with St. Louis. He just needed to say sledgehammer and not mini sledge or mallet. Okay, so he's on the record there. <laughs> sledgehammer for St. Louis plus two hundred, and he's on the board with Edmonton minus one forty against the Calgary team, which we all know. At this point in the season is a total waste of time. And I would agree with you, Davey. Edmonton has to win this game. We'll win this game tonight. So those are your picks, Davey, on a Friday. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it. Well, I mean, I don't have Mets baseball to watch tonight. So we'll <laughs> go with uh, we'll go with the Blues 9 o'clock avalanche. There's some good TV viewing. I really like that Oilers pick. I think they're going to blow them out of the water. I think that's a puck line play uh, to win by two goals plus 185. I don't see any reason why that doesn't happen. I mean... I know the Flames usually get up for that game, but right the past couple of times they played, didn't the didn't the Oilers sweep them? And one of the games they just uh, demolished them. So yeah, I like the Oil to really capitalize on the uh, the weak Flames run of the past couple of weeks and maybe bury them in the standings while they're at it. So and then the urgency of the Blues—that's one thing. Like a lot of people out there right now are thinking like wow, Braden Shen's really been in the tank. Should I drop this guy? The schedule's difficult coming up. The Blues have that urgency where they can reach that championship gear again in a hurry and then all of a sudden win like two out of three from some of the best teams in the league. So um, if they continue to fall, the teams like the Sharks or the Kings, whoever win those games over the weekend, they're going to inch even closer to the Blues. So I think the fire has to be lit if it hasn't been already in the St. Louis locker room. Well, I'm going to go double down sledge with Davey on the Oilers tonight. I, I, first of all, I love when you, you, you know, you, you raised that. No one even reacted to uh, you picking the Oilers against the Flames because the sharp money was on the Flames recently and then is gone. They abandoned it 
after the last Flames disaster performance. So tonight, I feel confident about that one, Pete. I like your puck line take on that too. It's just a, it's just the smart play right now. Edmonton is rounding into form. I think the Flames have only beaten them once this season, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So there you go, right there. Edmonton's got the upper hand, and that'll be the official tombstone ceremony for the oil or for the Flames too tonight. The tombstone ceremony. I like it. Um, as I look at the board, I don't have any interest in the Kings and Sharks. I don't have any interest in Arizona, Anaheim. So um, no sledge for me. I told you I'm probably not going to make a real pick until next week. But if I were to be throwing the money around, I like the Edmonton on the puck line play. I would take my chances and say they'll have the lead late in the game. Hopefully they can get an empty netter and you get a nice little payday with the plus 185. So there you have it. And keep an eye out there for the puck lines. I've noticed a couple of plus two and a half, minus two and a half lately. Uh, some of them involving the Colorado Avalanche. Really? So like, yeah, there and there was another one too. I can't remember who was playing. Maybe it was involving wow. the Sabres or something like that. But I think there have been two different instances of plus two and a half involving the Avalanche. So as they continue to romp their oppositions, even, uh, you know, some other really good teams that they're playing in the process, like, you know, there's a good chance they could throttle the blues the way they've been playing. So. Yeah, that's a pick. But it's a pick, baby. Let's it's go. actually it's actually one point five today for the blues because it's going to be a more competitive game, but just something to keep an eye out. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before uh, the past week or so. I have never seen that. And it would make total sense that it would be involving the Colorado Avalanche. And you've seen some of these games late in the season. My pal Darren Millard mentioned it. Uh, you're going to see some of these really lopsided games towards the tail end of the season as teams are some of the teams are out of it. Some of the teams are just running out of gas and they're playing this condensed schedule. So don't be surprised if you look at the board and you start seeing those eight, one, nine, two games that we've seen some of them already throughout the course of the season. So keep an eye on that. And that minus two and a half plus two and a half, I'll, I'll certainly have my eye on that because I actually like the plus two and a half in certain cases too. You might be able to grab some value. So there, there you go. I actually have the two instances. So it was Ducks Avs cut uh, maybe like a week ago, and then it was Avalanche Coyotes earlier this week. So it's uh, I mean, they still right. They still hit it. <laughs> the, yeah. the game against the Coyotes. So. Yeah, they're rolling right. They're a total wagon that team. That's why Crazy. they need to go get a goalie, because if, if anything happens to Grubauer and what happened last year in the playoffs where you had no goaltenders, and you're in, you know, a conference final, basically, or, or I forget what round it was, but it wasn't the conference final, but Dallas, and, and you're losing your goaltenders, you're having to start Mike Hutchinson. You can't have that happen again. Joe Sackick knows that he's going to go and get the goalie to secure that position heading into the playoffs because this team is just a total wagon. You cannot, you cannot have the wheels fall off because your goaltender went down. Can't have it. No, you're right. You, you can't have it, especially now when you have St. Louis playing these teams a handful of times down the stretch, and you know St. Louis wants it more right now. So another reason to ante up and get the goalie. I will say that the, the Toronto Maple Leafs I'm intrigued by tonight. I like the Jets' price being dogs at home, but this Maple Leafs team, I think they are stepping up, uh, putting James Take to rest there too. They just look when they're going like they go, and I think they're going to get up for this one Friday night. You know, if they can take two against the Jets, that is a money, money play for Toronto and, and make them nicely positioned to be first in that division. And that's a division you want first in. You want to play the Habs in round one. So definitely, you know, Toronto's going to get up for that. And Marner's got some great numbers, as Robbie uh, mentioned in his DFS picks. Uh, he's worth spending up for against the Jets. He's got eight points in five games against them this season. 
couple of our other DFS picks. Good matchup for Ekman Larson, who's been working it on the power play for the Coyotes. Bounce back spot for them at Anaheim. And then uh, Jared Anderson Dolan, sneaky rookie for the LA Kings, Robbie. What do you like about him? I like that second line placement, man. Uh, Bobby gets mad at us when we bring up these left field names. Bob, this is not left field. This is get the jersey now. Anderson Dolan, make room for the hyphenated last name. Second round pick in 2017. Do not sleep on him. He's actually from Calgary too, Alberta boy there. And he's got eight points in 13 games and no one's talking about him on the second line now. This deserves some praise. I deserve some praise. I don't get mad at you. I just wonder how many listeners are actually going to hear the name Dolan, Anderson Dolan, because we're about an hour into the program and people's <laughs> attention spans, people's attention spans, they, they, they veer off and they have other things to do. You remember it's a holiday weekend, Good Friday, spaghetti pies and all the, the wonders of the world. So people have things to do. They don't have time to listen to James Anderson Dolan, whatever his name is. But listen, we throw out the information. You throw out the information. The program is the program. We love the program. We love the listeners. We love Davey Satriano coming on the program. And he's in the press release. He's a contributor, but he hasn't contributed since, I don't know, four months ago. So it's good to have you on, Davey. Davey contributes all over. I mean, look at this shifts yesterday. You know what? I'm Davey's very excited. I'm going to be on either next week or the week after for the trade deadline special. Okay, because good. We're going to have some goalies on the move. We're going to have a lot of yep. players on the move. So I've already written trade capsules for about 100 players. So Patrick Lining, I think I should probably do him now that we've, we've mentioned him. But yeah, we, we got a lot of a lot of action the next 10 days. So I'm ready. And yes, when I say Davey's not on the program and giving him a hard time, you have to remember he's doing a thousand other things, you know, for his his superiors and for NHL.com. So whenever we can get Davey on because he's very busy, man, we appreciate it. I think that's it, folks. I think it's time. I don't know what other gem you have up your sleeve, Petey, but I think it's time to, to wrap it up. And the haters, they could hate me, but people have small <laughs> attention spans. We have to go. We have to go at this point. Actually, one of the only times that people <laughs> critique us, they say like, man, you talk about some players, but they're already owned or rostered in my league. I want some more hidden gems. So, okay. That's I love a, the hidden that's gems. That's a hidden gem. I love it. Let's do the segment then. Let's do it earlier in the show or, you know, maybe we do a, a, a listen, you can't force it. Whenever we have a hidden right, gem, when we, have we it, do a yeah. little hidden gem alert. Doot, 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 doot. Hidden gem brought to you by Scotiabank. Robbie, <laughs> who's your hidden gem? Pete, who's your hidden gem? Maybe we'll do something like that. Well, and, and the last thing I'll say here is this LA Kings team, again, heading in the right direction. All these draft picks are hitting for them. You know, they're an embarrassment of riches. Byfield is tearing it up in the AHL, by the way. Bob, if there's any time we can ever get a player on the program, I want it to be Byfield ahead of his breakout rookie season next year. So, hey, and, and the other thing is Caulfield is a guy that should get a chance here, too, at the end of the season for the Habs. Find a way to make it happen, Bergevin. We all want to see it. Petey and I got him. Transaction processed officially this morning in an experts league. So let's get this rookie storyline going here the last month or so. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying about the Kings. They may not make it this year. If the blues, you know, get it back on track or somebody else steps up, but I mean, stamp of approval for LA as a near guaranteed playoff team next season. So they're definitely heading in the right direction. Like you said, so for uh, Satriano, Bender, myself, Pete Jensen, and Rob Reese, hit us up at NHL Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram over the weekend. Great show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll check back in you with you on Monday with Waiver Wire James. So thanks for listening. Have a great Easter weekend. Talk to you soon. <laughs>